Welcome back to the Geeks at the Gates. And boy, do we have a long one for you this time. Uh, it's running just a fraction over 90 minutes. If you want to listen to it in instalments, we really don't mind. Uh, as once again, me, hello, Reggie Rigby and Matt. Hello. Helen. Hello. And Hat. Hi. Discuss which fictional spacecraft we would pick for our team of fictional spacecraft. A game that is in no way reminiscent of any other kind of game played on any other podcast. This edition of The Geeks at the Gates is brought to you by Destination Venus, the big little comic shop tucked away no longer in Harrogate's Westminster Arcade. No, for now we are hiding under the stairs in Harrogate's Everyman Cinema. Nothing else has changed. We still love spandex, but we know there's more to life than that. So... Whatever kinds of comics you're looking for, whether you're an image imagineer, a DC diva, a Marvel zombie, or a small press stalwart, whatever you're looking for, we've either got it, or we'll get it, if it's out there to be got. Okay, so, we left at the end of our first round of picking sides. What else will our motley crew of geeks pick to join their Starfleet? The spoiler horn's about to sound, because believe me, there are going to be a lot uh, so don't say we didn't warn you. And uh, here we go. Spoilers. Spoilers. Okay, so we're on round two. Right, okay. So um, again, I was trying to avoid all the obvious ones. So I, was, I was thinking back to when I was a, when I was a kid and, and, and I sort of, that's when I sort of first got exposed to kind of cool spaceships and cool kind of sci-fi. So first, sort of when you're young, it's the first time you see stuff. It leaves quite, a, quite an impression on you. Now, a bit of a story... When I was a kid in the 70s, yes, we've already decided, you know, okay, we know kid. how old I am. I we was a kid in the 70s too, mate. We get that. Um, so <laughs> we, we're just thinking <laughs> very quietly. I <laughs> used to... Uh, Born in the 80s. <laughs> they, they used to be, uh, in the States, Mar uh, Marvel put out a monthly uh, Star Wars comic, but in the UK, it was a week, it was Star Wars Weekly, mm -hmm. and because they couldn't fill an entire weekly comic with a whole Star Wars story... They used to have backup strips that were taken from other, it was all black and white, taken from other Marvel comics. And a lot of the time it was really kind of weird stuff. And, and I think uh, Alan Moore wrote some stuff that went in there. It, it, it was just really bizarre, bizarre yeah. stuff. Anyway. That's where I discovered Adam Warlock. Adam, Adam Warlock, Star-Lord, the original Star-Lord, yeah. drawn, drawn by John Burton, um, the original Guardians of the Galaxy. The Guardians of the Galaxy, Deathlock. Yeah, all it, and it was so, a lot of it was just so odd. It was so... It was all the weirdness. Weird. One series that I absolutely loved was... Um, so it was based on there was this series of Japanese toys called Micronauts. Okay. The, Are you uh, going where I think you're going? And the, yeah, the original series, uh, the comic series. So basically the toys appeared in Japan first, and they were, they were its own thing. They didn't have a comic or anything. And then when they came out in the States, Marvel picked up the license for them, and uh, a Marvel editor, I think, he, I think he's passed away now, Bill Mantlo, who was a, was a, was a, a comic write, Marvel writer mm -hmm. and editor, he came up with this whole universe. Bear in mind, it was the same time when kind of Star Wars came out. So the comic strip has a very Star Wars feel. There's a Han Solo character, a Princess Leia character. There's two droids, a large one and a small one. And stuff. There's a Darth Vader villain. It, it's very much in the Star Wars mold, but it's drawn by this guy called Michael Golden. And his artwork is just absolutely amazing. Anyway, the main ship in uh, Micronauts, which you might want to put up on your computer as well, Rage, uh, is, called, is called the Endeavour. Now, yeah. it's very much like the Millennium Falcon. 
It's got two mandibles. That's the front. So your first choice is a Millennium Falcon, and your second choice is a ship that looks <laughs> like a Millennium Falcon. <laughs> well, at the time, of course, I love the Millennium Falcon, and you want to see something that's a bit like it. So they created a ship called the Endeavour. Now, the Endeavour, although they produced a hell of a lot of Micronauts toys, but the Endeavour was something that Marvel created. It didn't exist as a toy oh, wow. in any way, apart from the bridge section, which in the comics detaches and becomes like a kind of a floating, like a sort of a mini ship. The bridge was a toy you could buy. Yeah. It was a little PlayStation for your Micronauts figures. Anyway, the artwork of Michael Golden, coupled with the fact that they used to do things like that, cutaways, mm, yeah. and like as a kid, you look at it, you're like, oh my God, that's, that's where, the, that's where the, the ramp is, that's where the med bay is, mm. that's where the cargo bay is. I absolutely loved it. So the basic idea of the Micronauts is, <clears throat> they travel from their universe, the microverse, to our universe. When they appear in our universe, they're six inches tall. <laughs> Action figure size. Okay. When they arrive in our universe, they did a crossover with Man-Thing, which is the Marvel version of Swamp Thing. Um, and there was a story where they ended up at NASA, and there's this mad scientist there who uh, had been to space, and he'd gone mad, and when he came back, they had a, you know, a fight with the Micronauts, and they blasted him in the face. Some of his skin comes away, half cyborg. And you're like, as I was a kid, you're like, ah, oh, this is brilliant. And he created this massive circular pit, which was called the Prometheus Pit. And basically, when you go in it, you go in it, and you go down, and you go down forever, and you shrink, and you shrink, and you end up in the microverse, and that's how they get back to the micro. But anyway, the Endeavour was the Millennium Falcon of Micronauts. How's that for you? You can breathe now. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of anything you're talking about, but your passion is just infectious, right? I... Micronauts. I, I had Micronauts as a kid. Um, I presume you had Time Traveller. Time Traveller, yeah. Because of course that, he did. Time Traveller was like the basic figure. And it was he had a silver head and like a, a silver machinery boxy thing. He was desk. one with the Enigma <laughs> Force, which was basically the force. But the rest of him the rest of him was the rest of him was see through. Oh cool. And he was a weird looking guy. And I've, I've still got a bag full of my Micronauts. Google Micronauts. Yeah. Oh god. Because Micronauts has, has been back as a a comic series with a, yeah, bunch, of different, a bunch of different uh, comic companies. It's terrible, it's terrible, terrible. The original Marvel series that I can't remember how many issues it ran for with Bill Mantlo, and it did cross over with the, with the Marvel Universe a few times. There were characters that sort of went to the, the microverse, and, and the microverse is still around. In fact, at the end of Ant Man, the first Ant Man movie, when they shrink oh, down and they oh keep yeah. shrinking, that's the microverse. Oh, right. They go to, but they, for some reason, they don't, they don't mention it. There's the original toys, yeah. They were kind of die-cast and plastic. Oh, wow. uh, and you used to find them in, like, cheap kind of, you know, sort of, like, pound lands and stuff. And they were, they were, they were very, very strange, but they were great. And you could take bits off one toy and add it to another. Oh, yeah, the they, were, they were into... I had that. I had that. that. On the left, that's the bridge of the Endeavour that that's detaches. The endeavor. yeah. And then this, 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 this little thing came out. This is great for people listening. Uh, oh, it is great, yeah. <laughs> Google, you've got to Google Micronauts, Michael Golden. Michael Golden is one of these, he's like a lost Marvel artist. His stuff is incredible. He drew the Nam yes, in the did. 80s. Yeah, he did. And he, he, his artwork is super detailed. G.I. Joe, he drew some G.I. Joe. He drew the best G.I. Joe annual ever, which I, I don't like the G.I. Joe characters at all, but his the annual was, was I, I read it and read it and reread it as a kid until the pages fell apart. And <laughs> his artwork was super detailed. It was. So there you go. Yeah, no, cool. next. Move on to someone else. Yeah, cool. uh, I can't remember who was next. Me, oh, you, Helen. Hello. Number two. I'm still here. Okay, I'm going to go for one of the ships from Battlestar Galactica remake. Ooh. So there is going to okay. be spoilers. 
in this. We have sounded the spoiler horn. I'm gonna go. For we'll sound it again. Sound it again. Spoilers. Spoilers. Dude, I think I've just read it. People have totally been warned now. Is it on your list? On my list. You and I are friends. Yes. Um, I'm going for Scar. Yes. Um, from BSG. Um, Scar is one of the Cylon Raiders. Now the whole concept, he, he, um, he shows up in season two, episode 15, when everything's getting a bit desperate and, um, some of the crew, what's left of them, are uh, you're running out of everything except toothpaste and Starbuck kind of vows to kill Scar and Scar is, is the ship who has a Scar, which is great. The whole concept with the Cylons is that they resurrect, except... At this point, their resurrection ship has been destroyed. So Scar is basically a ship who has been killed and killed <laughs> over and over again, but is resurrected and remembers every time that he's died. And that on its own is just like one interesting concept, you know, because, mm -hmm. you know, for, not only that, but what, what would it do if you were a person and that was happening? It would mess you up a lot. But also this concept that the humans are just dying. And as soon as one of those dies, you've got to train up new people and it takes years. You've got obviously a certain age. The Cylons are just, like, there you go, you're back. But now, because the resurrection ship's gone, Scar could die yeah. for, for real. And I, I just saw that. It, it was, yeah, it was a really interesting concept of, a, of an episode. Nice. And yeah. uh, I, I really, really liked it. What, what did you have? I had a uh, big red eye one. Um, <laughs> okay, no. I first the first thing I did was I wrote down Cylon Raider because I was like, I love that design. It's yeah. the most beautiful freaking thing yeah. in the world, and the way they just go and they flip and the vipers flip against them, yeah. and the battles are just the best ever. Yeah. But um, yeah, I have biomechanical being learns from mistakes, resurrection, yeah. etc. Yeah, yeah. Um, because holds grudges, holds grudges. Yeah, specifically, yeah. that was what was just really really cool. I and I do love the fact that their head is basically like a, just a big Cylon knight head yeah. with, with the, the light, with yeah. the light, with the womb. And, yeah, with the womb. <laughs> Yeah, and that's just that for me is just like eyeball. big a uh, big red <laughs> eye one. It's I love it. That is now the title of the episode, by the way. <laughs> big red eye. Big one. red eye. I absolutely love him. Big Scar. cracking red eye. But the fact that the, the, the Starbuck then gets inside him and flies him oh, is yeah. what you know really takes that to like the next level for me. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it may well be a biomechanical organism within its own right, but she can actually figure out how to make it yeah. her bitch and she, land it and pilot. do it in the world yeah. ever. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no scars, scar made. Oh, I'm really glad because yeah. I, I thought, yeah, because yeah, I totally. It is a bit, a bit obscure because part of me was going to go with BSG because it is just awesome, or maybe the um, ah, what's it called, the bigger one? Oh yeah, no, I Fe got not that Phoenix, one. the Pegasus. Pegasus, thank Pegasus. you very much. The Pegasus that comes in one of the best, the best fuck yeah moments of yeah, all the yeah, television, yeah. where BSG is about to get destroyed and then just comes the Pegasus and just goes ah, firing at everyone, and out of your seat you just go yes. I've never, <laughs> seen, I've never seen the reboot. It's amazing. Why, <laughs> It's pretty epic. It was when it was on. It wasn't on a channel I could get. Yeah, I have them on DVD. I will lend you yeah. them. Oh, thank you. We always talk about that. Them. I need to watch it again. Yeah. So I good. find that BSG is one of the things so that by the time you get near the end, you just say, "Shit, where did we start?" Yeah, so much Huge. happens in the character development. Confession to make. Incredible. Confession to make. I, as a grown man, I have no shame in saying that when I got to the the final episode of the final series, mm. I had a little man tear. <laughs> yeah. Rolling down my cheek, yeah. watching Battlestar Galactica. I can't think of the last TV show I watched that made oh, me cry. I, I, I can't cry every. Me cry. I can. In oh, my case, it was Discovery. Discovery yesterday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Such yeah. a great show. 
but yeah, it was, and it, yeah, it's, it's, stars, yeah, if, it, if you yeah. like your characters and your character development, and oh, it's phenomenal. There's characters in it that to start with you like, and then you feel sorry for them, and then you hate them, and then you like them again, and then it, it's it's just and it's even more complicated for the Cylons mm. because like you're meant to hate them, but some of them you just yes. oh, you get it, and it's also theological beautiful. as well. It's it's yeah, a big argument totally. about God and. And things, so yeah, I would absolutely check it out and bring them. and the whole concept of, of Scar. I'm glad that I thought. I'm interested. Yes, you, you two have got the same. I, I wonder. Obviously, you haven't gone for Galactica and you haven't gone yeah. for the mm-hmm. colonial vibes or anything. It's been very interesting to get to the end of this discussion and see which of the big ones everyone's yeah. just avoided. Yeah, all yeah. of the yeah. obvious stuff because yeah. we've yeah. gone in a different way. Yeah. Well, with that in mind, Pat. Well, Scar's gone, and then Taz is gone. That leaves me with... Let me get back to this. Oh, magic. Yes. Borg cube! Whoa! <laughs> okay. Yes. Borg cube. Okay. And my first line I've written down is, it's a fucking cube! <laughs> when I was... Right, okay, so I was 11 when I discovered the Borg cube, right? I was 11... Stop being young! <laughs> okay. We get it. Sure, yeah, yeah. Okay, I was a giant, right, a giant nerd child and uh, loved Star Trek massively and I loved the Borg cube because it's a cube mm. because there's no air in space, so why not build it as a massive effing cube? Because you can. You could fly a cube in space. And everyone's like, yeah, let's make everything really aerodynamic. Well, once it's up yeah. there, it doesn't matter. So, like, the, yeah, which is why the cube was just the cube, and it could go as faster than light, and it could do all the stuff that it had to do, and it could warp, and it could whatever. You know, it's it was just so amazing. And the the fact that aerodynamics were completely irrelevant, as, when I was 11, it blew my mind. And yeah. that's why the cube's on there for me, because I was just like, what? It's just, the, it, it was everything for an 11-year-old who was obsessed with space and science fiction to, to realise that that's, that could exist and it could still function. The same as the Enterprise, which is beautifully aerodynamic and fabulous. Yeah. You know, the, those two so things could do the same thing. Yeah, they could do the same thing in space yeah. because there was no air there. Um, so I think that's that's my ma- my major reason for loving the cube. I think it's great. I don't like the the Borg ball. I am not a keen. The Borg sphere <laughs> sucks. The Borg cube is amazing. And I had a keyring of it that you could keep things in. <laughs> like, oh, the top. That's incredible. It was really cool. And I wish I still had it, but I don't. Um, also, as the Borg were quite scary, they were a legitimate threat. When yeah. that cube appears, yeah. you're like, uh oh. Yeah. And the yeah, other thing was, and the other thing for me as well at the time was the Borg cube looks filthy. It just looks filthy. Yeah. Everything Starfleet was so clean yeah. and so beautiful and so orderly, and everything was gorgeous. And then there's this cube, and it's just like got this green light coming from inside, and it's this black stuff stuck on, and it just feels very much like it's been built by these creatures who have just slapped shit together yeah. so they yeah, can keep weirdly, taking over. Given the nature of the Borg, weirdly, it's so much more organic yeah. than. Everything in Starfleet, which is very, as you say, sleek. Yeah, yeah. And very machines. designed. Yeah. It reminds me of the Giga. Giga? Giga? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That kind of yeah. dark and. Yeah, yeah, I feel like there's yeah, definitely more organic. Yeah. Also, wires and. Uh, yeah. yeah, big tubes. Lots yeah. of big That's like the Borg themselves, isn't it? it it's bits bolted bits on. Stuck on. Yeah. There's no uniformity like Starfleet. And, it's, and that's all because obviously they've assimilated from everywhere else yeah. and they've just pulled stuff. And yeah. I and part of me in my in 11 year old brain was like, ooh, have they assimilated all the ships into the cube? And that was kind of like, <laughs> like being 11, that's, that's how your brain right. works. So I was just like, yeah, have they just like smushed up everyone else's ships and made it into this big. 
like a trash compactor. Yeah. You know, yeah, and yeah, there's yeah. that. Yeah. I'm really into the book. <laughs> and then it doesn't show. It's so instantly <laughs> recognisable. Yeah. It looks yeah. like nothing else. You know, yeah. instantly, it's that thing appears, book. the Borger here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. And that, yeah, that colour as well. And when you see, cool. in, when the Starfleet ships start attacking, and you see the scale yeah, of the ships compared huge. to the Borg yeah. cube, you're like, that's, that's, yeah. That's it's crazy. It is. It's yeah. So the bug cube is like it, that was Simple. number two on my list because I absolutely <laughs> love it. So yeah. you're saying again that I'm not a big Trekkie. The bit where Picard gets taken and turned into Lucutus. I'm not a Trekkie, but I know that his name is Resistance is futile. I had um, one a pop up birthday card when and, I was eleven. And <laughs> can I? Can I? Um, in in. Uh, oh no! What was it? Oh, it's too many Star Treks. In um, <laughs> in Next Generation, is it Hugh? The, the Borg and they and they, yes. they bring him on and they kind of he gets yeah. a bit more human it's like my name is Hugh he's been just, detached from the Borg yeah. oh, I just want to give him a cuddle bless him yeah I loved Hugh we love a Borg oh, yeah. and of course I'll see you Hugh and I'll raise you seven of nine Yes, I yes. love seven. Yeah. seven. There may amazing. be a question about seven and nine in our quiz on Sunday because I've done a whole round about female oh, heroes. Yeah. And female. I loved seven of nine. I loved her developing humanity. I hated her ending up with Chakotay for no apparent reason, and they had to smush them together in the last three episodes. Why? <laughs> yeah, that oh, made no sense to me at all. It just made no sense. It was painful. It's like, yep, yeah, of course she's attractive and therefore must have a mate. Yeah. Well, I, I actually. Liked because I mean, let's be honest. Seven of Nine was originally brought onto the cast because somebody in an office decided they needed another fit woman. Yeah. But having had that imposed on them, and yeah, Seven of Nine looked pretty good. I've got to say, she fought the Rock, but and she won. did. <laughs> That's but, a brilliant episode. But rather than just making her okay, we'll get another fit woman on to you know to run. Yeah. With I'm sorry, I just need to spat my teeth. <laughs> Do you know she had? I read an interview. She had three different sets of false breasts, depending really? on what her character was doing. If she was going to be running, she wore the big ones. <laughs> it's horrifying, isn't it? It's, I, I totally had a poster around my wall. And, and this is Star Trek, one of the more progressive shows on that. Yeah, it really yeah. was. I just like to point out how British oh. that was. I just nearly spat out my tea. <laughs> <laughs> my tea all over. Oh Lord. Um, Talking about boobies. So I like. I like that. In, in spite of the fact they had that imposed on them, they made her. Badass. Yeah, she was a yeah, badass. They made her, they made her so cool. with agency and, so smart. And, and intelligence. And yes, she was desirable, but she was also... <laughs> I loved her. She was also, you know, useful. Brilliant. Yeah, she was. She, was, she was an agent of the plot. Not yeah, just, she, was she wasn't just a character that things happened 100%. to. 100%. And then they, did that, then they gave her that ending, which just made no yeah, sense. Like, yeah. just leave her single. Let her find a nice one on the Nothing at the end of Voyager made any oh, sense. Oh, God, it was just dreadful. I didn't get that far. In fact, nothing in Voyager. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, don't watch the Voyager don't, was the, my first experience of starting. Don't watch the last season of Voyager. No, no, no. You see, the thing with Voyager, no, Voyager, um, I, I, we, I introduced my wife to Star Trek with Discovery, and I went, we need to watch another Star Trek at the same time. And I was like, we're going to watch Voyager. We'll start you with Voyager, and then we'll go back to where it's actually sensible. Yeah. <laughs> so like, there's no point in bringing you no. to Voyager. No. 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 So, yeah. yeah, no, we went back. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, the ball cube. Just realised yeah. it's it's nine o'clock and we've only done we haven't even done two each yet. Okay. We might we might have to stop at three, perhaps. Oh no. Um, okay. Okay. And with that in mind, be the timekeeper again. With that in mind, I've got fucking the middle. Shall I hop in? With that in mind, I am actually going to change. I'm going to change my running order. I'm promoting one from 
We could do five minutes. We what was originally the final one? Well, this one will be quick, actually, because none of you will have heard of it. Um, I am, for my number two, <laughs> I am choosing the Stella Marie. Okay, no, not heard Which of is the spaceship from my favourite novel, uh, which is called The Sparrow by Mary DeRia Russell. Um, it's about Earth receives a signal from an alien civilization, And while the United Nations and all the governments of the world are arguing about how do we respond? What do we do? Do we send a signal back? Do we send people? Do we send a mission? What do we do? The Jesuits do what the Jesuits always do when somebody discovers new land and goes, right, let's go convert them. Oh, God. Um, and it's a beautiful, beautiful story about the Jesuit mission to um, this alien world where they meet two races of humanoidish mm. creatures um, I've forgotten what the what the, the, the yeah, ruling be a quick one, yeah. what the ruling class is called. Um, there's like a ruling class and certain class, and because their only because their only reference is, is humanity, they totally misunderstand what's going on, and tragedy ensues. Um, it's just beautiful. Um, it's called the sparrow because there's a line in the Bible about in, even the smallest sparrow, our well, father will know when it falls right. or whatever. Uh, and the the main character, a priest called yeah, I was say. Yeah, the, the main character is a priest called Emilio Sandoz. Um, his response when somebody says that to him is, "Yeah, but the sparrow falls anyway." It's no starting comfort to the sparrow. That no, who is this um, guy? Uh, Mary Daria Russell. I will caution. I'll lend you the book if you like. Uh, I will caution you. You, if you read to the end of the sparrow. You will have to read the sequel, which is called Children of God, because if you don't, you will spend a lot of time crying. Oh. Um, something horrible. You know at the start of the book that something horrible has happened, and at the end of the book you find out what the horrible... Well, you, you sort of know what the horrible thing is, but you find out how it happened and why it happened, and it's absolutely crushing. And then there's a sequel where the, the character that the horrible things happened to has worse things happen to them, and then it gets redinged to a degree. Uh, but it's it's just the most beautiful book. It's the just space hamster die. It's just fantastic. <laughs> oh my god, it's worse than that. But oh god, can't worse than that. But <laughs> this isn't this isn't a picking sides about our favourite science fiction novels. Yeah. So I will just tell you about the, St the Stella Marie. Yeah. I like the Stella Marie because she is absolutely scientifically spot on. You could we could build the Stella Marie now and send it to a different star. The technology exists. Wow. Basically, Ooh. the Stella Marie is an asteroid. Massive, huge asteroid, which has been hollowed out, or has had a compartment hollowed out for the crew quarters. Um, because it's made of rock and iron, it's shielded. It's naturally shielding from radiation. Oh. So cosmic radiation, not a problem. And for fuel, they use the rest of the asteroid. <laughs> and they're just firing bits of asteroid <laughs> off behind it. And Newton's third law of reaction, equilibrium. Mm -hmm. And so it maintains, for its journey to this new solar system, it maintains 1g of acceleration until it gets halfway there, and it turns around and decelerates at 1g, so that it stops at exactly the right place. Mm -hmm. So they've got gravity all the way through, apart from the flip over in the middle, where they're weightless. Um, and because 1g of acceleration doesn't seem like a lot, but over a couple of years, you can be going really fast. I mean, I, I did once, because I'm really sad, sit down and work it out. Uh, it's, a, it's a substantial fraction of the speed of light. How do they get off the asteroid and onto the planet? They have a landing ship. Oh, right. And so, it, you know, the, the science checks out. It would absolutely work. And we, I mean, we couldn't do it now because we couldn't possibly afford it, but it could theoretically be done. We theoretically have the technology to do all of that. Oh, yeah. The only thing we don't have the technology to do is go and catch an asteroid. Yeah. Which is, a, granted, a bit of a bugger, but... 
the 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 conceit in the book is that asteroid mining works yeah. that you you pull you pull asteroids into Earth orbit. Is this it's already made this ship? Because you're talking about you know no the, the Jesuits aliens. the Jesuits build it. The Catholic Church has got a lot of money. So but but the the aliens make contact <laughs> and how long are they arguing about how to respond? Oh years. Given the Jesuits time years and years and years. Ship. Yeah yeah it takes years. Oh right. I was um, like in a way it's it's yeah okay. you know, and 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 I like because of course that's how it works of course. Mm. You know, if anyone's if anyone's capable of making a really snap decision to go and make contact with a new civilization, Catholic. it's the Catholic Church. Oh. They've always done it. Um, <laughs> if anyone if anyone has got the independent means to do that, that's the Catholic Church. They're a country. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, it's and it's the, the the story itself is such a beautiful tragedy, with such wonderful characters in it. And Mary Dorea Russell herself, I think, is quite a devout Catholic. Um, and that she has written a book that is as critical of the Catholic Church as this is, mm. is, yeah, it's a big thing. Uh, and it's, be- it's beautiful. I cannot recommend it highly enough. So that's my number two, the Stella Marie. Um, cool. Because she's a proper space-worthy ship. And if any younger listeners um, have been putting up the swears, um, <laughs> the same trick is used in a, I guess these days we'd call it young adult series of novels, uh, called Starstormers. Mm. Uh, which was serialised on Jack and Nori in the early 1980s, uh, and which I read every single one of in my from my school library when I was about 11. Yes, when you said about a hollowed-out asteroid, I read a book when I was a kid that that was... A, that that would have been, that that been Starstorm, yeah. Hollow, a bunch of kids, they do, don't they? They hollow out they hollow... an asteroid and it makes a mini spaceship. Yeah. Damn it, don't they do that in Explorers, the mo- that movie Explorers? I haven't seen the movie Explorers. In the 80s, it had River Phoenix in it and... I'm sure that it's similar. Well, it's not a unique idea. And as I say, as I see, the, 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 technology, the technology to do it exists, yeah, yeah. more or less. I mean, it's a space-worthy object. The first thing, when you said, we can't afford it, I thought, us four. And then I realised you were talking about us, Jerry, we the world. Well, we the four around this table. Yeah, we four. Listen, business is good at destination I just chuckled away to myself because I realised my instant. We four definitely can't do it. Yeah. The Catholic Church could. Um, yeah, I, I just love that. Sorry, that just really tickled me. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's my, my, that's my number two, and that puts us back to Matt for number one. Uh, okay, my third choice is. Sorry, um, you might want to look yeah, at, on your that. computer again. So from from the seventies again, the <laughs> TV show, the cartoon uh, Battle of the Planets. <laughs> no, oh, G Force. You ever, yeah. ever seen the that? Phoenix! Yeah. In, in Japan, it was originally called something like Science, Science Ninja, Ninja Gatchaman. Gatchaman. Oh, yeah, I've heard so of that. five teenagers, and they, they wear kind of, almost like kind of bird superhero costumes. That's like, that's a little cutaway picture of it. But basically, it's a big blue and red uh, spaceship that the, that the goodies, the main characters, fly in, and they've each got their own mini-ship, which docks in part of the Of course of they have. The I want to be Jason, always. It's, it's a brilliant, it's a, it's a great, great ship. And in times of emergency, they can, they can push the accelerator so far that it turns into this big, fiery, flaming phoenix bird, which kind of defies the laws of physics awesome. or whatever. But uh, it's absolutely amazing. Whoa. It's a great, great spaceship. And it's called, yes, the phoenix. Yeah. And it's got, so, so, because the leader is Mark, yeah. and he has a jet. And docks, that, the that docks at the, the top, back. yeah. And the tailplane of his jet becomes the tailplane of the I'm vehicle. showing how a picture. <laughs> this is great podcasting. And one of the and then one of the vehicles goes in this pod on the wing, and another one goes in this wing, and there's a car that goes in the front. And That's all, Jason's. Yeah, and they all kind of slot in. Yeah. And Princess had a motorbike. It was pink. And it's, it's all summed girl. up in the title sequence. If you if you get a chance to watch the title sequence on YouTube, and it was, it's got the Phoenix, 
them all docking their ships, and then and then it turning into the fiery phoenix, literally this fiery bird that can. That's pretty. It's amazing. Yeah, that's... That, that's it. There you go. That's the that's the that's the phoenix. It's a great ship. And Tiny Tiny was the pilot. He was the fat kid. Yeah. Um, Tiny was big. Yeah. Jason Jason oh, was the Jason was Jason was the, the cocky, the Han dark, Solo. handsome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Princess was the girl. Um, yeah. She had a battle yo-yo. <laughs> oh, they all they all had their own signature. And it was mildly it was mildly scandalous when I was eight, which I think because when she turned somersaults, you could see her pants. <laughs> and it was also quite controversial because the main villain was called Zoltar, and he mm. had this kind of uh, anime fox kind of mask on, and and you knew that this bad guy was was pretty evil and they got to the very last episode and they had a big battle with him and they pulled his mask off and he had long flowing hair and he had lipstick and you realised that all along it was a woman and it wasn't a guy you thought well, it would be a guy in, the whole series in, Gatcha like, Man, what? in the original Gatchaman it was even more complicated than that in the original Gatchaman I, I think um, they were non-binary in the complexities which, of translation that changes everything which is well, which is pretty does. pretty bloody revolutionary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah. Uh, it was. Also, uh, 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 Battle of the Planets, Gatchaman, was really pre-Power Rangers. It sort of set the, temp- the template for Power Rangers. Five, six characters, different mm-hmm. colours, different powers, different weapons um, combined what's together. What's the other thing? Oh, but I'm asking this. There's, 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 it's a whole genre, though, isn't it? Like, there are mm. many different things where you have yeah, yeah. many different cartoon series and so yeah, yeah. where you have What's the one that's out at the moment that's on Netflix that I can't remember the name of that I've actually watched? Voltron. Thank you, Voltron, Voltron is another yeah. one. Yeah. It's all like part of a... Yeah. Yeah. Everyone comes together to yeah. form... They've got their own individual <laughs> ships and costumes yeah, yeah. that they combine and think yeah. numbers. And... It's worth pointing out, though, something that actually bugged me even as a kid and it drives me mental now. Because clearly somebody at the Sandy Frank company, which is who put it out in America, uh, had just bought a cartoon series without really watching it. Mm-hmm. And when they actually watched it, they discovered how violent it was. It was really super violent. Um, and so they added a few things. Well, first of all, they cut everything up. If you watch if you watch it now on DVD, so you watch, like, say you binge it one episode after the other, you see that, hang on a minute, that spaceship there, that that's just a bit of another spaceship we saw five episodes ago yeah. that has nothing they to do with They cobbled episodes this. together. They cobbled so. things together. It's like um, Magic Roundabout. Yeah, very much. <laughs> and they, they interspersed, they, they linked everything. It's like a space-based Magic, Magic Roundabout. Roundabout. They linked everything. <laughs> they with, dubbed it randomly, didn't they? With a, a, a narration from an R2-D2-like robot called Seven Zark Seven, yeah. who had a dog sidekick called One Rover One. Yeah. Um, those are the awful bits. But is it even Watching the, over them from Santa Neptune. The kids hated that. They, hated, yeah. they wanted to see... And, and sometimes... And it was, it was really obvious. It was a different style of animation. It was, it was really obvious this had been dropped in. And to make it even worse, sometimes the, the G-Force team would turn up at Santa Neptune. Clearly drawn by different artists. Yes, badly drawn. Looking completely different. <laughs> and, I, and even as a kid, that was, that's bloody it awful. Was terrible. But anyway, the Falcon, great. That's my third Phoenix. one. Phoenix. Phoenix, sorry. Phoenix. <laughs> Turns into Falcon. the fiery falcon. You're obsessed, man! Turns the fiery phoenix. <laughs> Somebody else talk. Helen. <laughs> oh, okay. So are we doing three or five? Um, what time yet? It's quarter past nine. I can get through my next one's pretty quick. What time do we have to finish? No, ten. We've got three quarters of an hour. Sorry, let's go for five. Okay, my next one um, is going to be pretty quick, actually. It's the ID4 alien fighter from Independence Day. Oh. Um, the one that uh, they, they go in and then go up and upload the virus. Um, for a couple of 
reasons. Uh, a, it takes no skill to fly. <laughs> Literally, like a post-it note with four directions scribbled on. <laughs> right. so, I know how to fly this thing. Let's go. Well, I like the fact they make such a fuss about here about how Will Smith's character is like the best pilot yeah, in the Air yeah. Force. And then and it's like, oh, post-it. forward, reverse, <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Um, and also, um, the alien tech is Apple compatible. Yeah, right, well. <laughs> Well, yeah, you've got to think about these things, man. It's to useful. be fair, to be fair, because this gets a lot of fan hate on the, you know, if you're going, well, mm. Independence Day. Yeah. Oh, God, the aliens use iOS. Well, first of all, of course they do, because Apple is evil. But also, um, it's... <laughs> oh, Reg. It's the, 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 the idea in the film is that all of our development, all of our technology and stuff has been developed from yeah, technology yeah. from the ship. Yeah. So, of course, it's compatible yeah, with our yeah, computers, because yeah. yeah. we ripped up... Apple basically, in the way that Apple do, Apple basically just ripped <laughs> off their technology from the aliens. Yeah. It's a <laughs> but yeah, so it's, that, it's pretty quick. I, I have this constant argument with Steve because um, I love Independence Day, the first one. I haven't seen the second one. Don't. Same, same. Yeah. It's terrible. I adore the first one. Steve hates I it. I love the first one. The thing is, the, the first one's not really got much of an original bone in its body, but it was the first movie of that kind that I ever saw. Mm. So go, I had never seen the Empire State Building blow up. Exactly. I had never seen the first alien ships. Out it's it. a proper and I love blockbuster popcorn. It's so good. It, yeah, and it's the I, mean, alien, I love the design of the aliens as well. Actually, it's kind of a big yeah. exoskeleton and opens up and they're, they're kind of inside and kind of cute. And he punches it. Yeah. Welcome to Earth. Welcome to Earth. Bam. And, um, and it's, it's ridiculous, but I love it. And yeah, that, that, I, do, I like that ship. It's good action sci-fi. It's like, brilliant. Yeah. It's not pure sci-fi. It's action sci-fi. Yeah. And therefore, it's allowed to be what it is. So it's, all, all four of us are agreeing that Independence Day yes. is yeah. Steve, if you're listening to this, <laughs> you're wrong. I'm right. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that is now official Geeks at the Gate policy. Yeah. yeah. One of my favourite moments. <laughs> Steve and I hadn't been together that long. We were having dinner at his parents' house. And um, and we were talking about this, and he said, "Oh, Independence Day is terrible." I said, "No, it's not. I really like it, you know, Chef." And his mum went, "Oh, well done, Helen." <laughs> I was like, "Well done, Watson, with everything he said." Thank you very much. It is good to have my own mind. <laughs> so Steve, mum's a big Independence Day fan as well. <laughs> I love it. Everyone's against it. Absolutely love it. I noticed you didn't have an Independence Day table at your wedding, though. No, surprisingly not. <laughs> but everything but. But we had a TARDIS. We had yeah, a, you didn't put we me had on it, though. You put me on Disney. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anybody less appropriate for the I Disney table? Uh, they the... own Star Wars. <laughs> yes. They do now. And Marvel. They own everything. Because we had a, a Doctor River song table. And we had a... Oh, it was Beauty and the Beast table. You were... yeah, yeah, it, it wasn't... It was... Supposed, yeah. We we just wanted you... Yeah, it's all right. You're forgiven. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me to your wedding. That wasn't really a complaint. It was the best day ever. It was pretty cool, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we had a, a sweetie table, and above it, we had just, it just said, hello, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. So, that, that's, that's, that my, yeah. <laughs> that's my number three. Good. Good choice. Okay. Hat. Shit at me. Um, <laughs> people have stolen them. People have stolen them. Okay. Uh, Voyager. Back to Voyager. As okay. a ship. Yeah. As a ship itself. The bridge design is just fucking cool. I like it a lot. Biomural circuitry, which is something that I really appreciated. So it can actually get the co- a cold, which it does. Um, from Neelix making something stupid because Neelix is an idiot. Um, I can't bear the man. I just, I hate him. Neelix um, had a very punchable face. Oh, God, didn't he? And it, he just could not bear him. So, yeah, um, he made this, this ship sick. 
so the bioneural circuitry is not always great, but it is great because you can grow more of it and it's very cool. It was the um, 90s. It was great. Um, it has the emergency medical hologram, which we had never seen before. Please say the nature of your medical emergency. Oh, I love him. Is that the... The, the, oh. Sassy Doctor. Yeah, I liked, I liked him. <laughs> He's great. And also, uh, variable position nacelles. They yeah. do. Yes. And it could land on planets. And it could land on planets. Which Very cool. Why, Never did, seen why did the nacelles move? What, what oh, reasons? It oh, just look did. Cool. But the bioneural circuitry means that it can compute faster, according to things I read um, <laughs> on the internet. Um, basically, it computes faster. It's almost AI. It doesn't have to like oh, go cool. through all the computations. It can be organically thinky. So that's cool. And plus it has the holodeck, which um, I feel makes it awesome. And the I have I also wrote best holodeck ep- episode on of of all of Voyager is Bride of Chaotica, in case anyone's wondering. If you haven't seen it, please go forth and watch it. Janeway is action in it. It's so glorious. <laughs> they go to this B movie. Basically they're in a yeah. B movie and she has to play the Bride of Chaotica, who's this bad guy. And um because holograms suddenly become able to damage you for Star Trek reasons. For Star Trek reasons. And of course, of course, it's Voyager. It's bloody stupid. It's brilliant. The ship's amazing. But like what happens on it is just dumb. Um, but Brian Kelsey is amazing. She gives the most stunning B-movie performance, but it's Janeway giving the performance. It's not Kate Mulgrew. Yeah. It's just so cool. Just glorious. She's just fabulous. That's it's so all in black and white. She's, she's a just great there. actress. Uh, it's yeah. just, it's amazing. It's, it's so good when an actor can do that. Yeah. Play a um, character playing a character. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what's his face in Christmas special Doctor yes. Who did the same. I can't remember the name now. But he did the same thing. Uh, clearly, he was not. He was playing William Hartnell playing the Doctor. Yeah. He, yeah. he was yeah. not playing yeah. him playing the Doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was... And it's like Tatmaz in, uh, t- sorry, Tatiana Maslany in uh, Awful Black, but yes. she plays one of her clones playing herself. Oh, please stick, a different clone. stick with Tatmaz. Tat I, I, so I can say, say Tatmaz. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's when she plays it, yeah, yeah. one of the other clones. And it's perfect. Yeah, it's and you're watching going, the one they've got playing Alison isn't nearly as good as the one they've got. <laughs> oh, hang on. <laughs> it's the same person. <laughs> yeah. So but yeah, I, I love that. I love when actors can play their character playing someone else and I really appreciate Janeway for that but yeah Voyager is just cool I love it as a shape I have the model of it I've been intending to make it and build it and paint it for years Good. and I just keep not doing I it. Started, bring it in. I started <laughs> yeah, building, do it, bring it in put it on the table it's sitting there in a box in my house just like gathering dust so I keep Aww. looking at it going someday I will glue you together <laughs> I, I started building NCC 1701 <gasps> Um, 20 years ago. This is it, isn't it? It's half finished. It's in my shed. I will get around to finishing it at some point. Yeah, <laughs> that's where I'm at with Voyager. But I love it. I just love it. I love the shape of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I like Voyager. Do you prefer Voyager, Voyager to like, Enterprise and other ones? I or? prefer the Vo- Voyager to NCC-1701D. Because yes. I dis I don't next like gen. Next, I don't like next gen enterprise. Yeah. I like original flavor enterprise. I yeah. love the shape of it. I think it's gorgeous. I really um, when do. you say original flavor enterprise, are we talking original series? Are we talking the movies? Original series. I like the original series one. Yeah. I, I it's just I it's got that gorgeous. This is the future. Sixties magic to it, and yeah. I just love that about it. It's, it's stunning. Well, and also, it, it looks like nothing else. It's, yeah, it's so great. You can't confuse the, the Enterprise with anything other than no, any of the other Enterprises. It's, it's, yeah, and I don't... I think the next-gen one isn't just... It's not as good. I'm sorry. It just isn't. And then, and then they brought... Then after that, it was just like, yeah, there's other ones. And then... Voyager! And I was like, oh, wow, this thing's so cool. And it's smaller and faster yeah. and cooler. It's... Yeah, I just yeah. love Voyager. I'm into it. Cool. cool. No, cool. I'll, I'll, so, yeah. I, I, I'm in agreement. I think. Thank you. Uh, so my number three, I'm going to go off. I'm going to. Am I going to go off? East. Yes. Reg. 
Yes, because I don't think anyone's going to pick my number three for a bit. So I'm going to go, uh, I'll see your Voyager. Oh, dear. Uh, and I will raise you the Liberator from Blake, Blake 7. Son of a bitch. Is that on your list? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. You got the Liberator. I've heard of Blake 7. But I oh, love Rich. the Liberator. Very good. Another weird looking ship. Doesn't look anything like anything else you've ever seen. You can't see a picture of the Liberator and think, well, that looks like a hundred other ships. It's so it's so different. And also, when it when it first appeared in Blake 7, again in the 70s, yes. it, was, it wasn't Star Wars derivative. It, was, yeah, it wasn't Star Trek. It was a little bit yeah. Star Trek derivative. But it was like, unlike anything else you'd seen before. Oh, uh, and it's very—it's a very British way of approaching sci-fi. Yeah, the green—the green bits, the back bit, the engines, and then yeah. the yeah. It looks like the thing that you get the injection before your TB jab, <laughs> and it's like a load of needles in a. Yeah, cell. there you go. Yeah, yeah. And the idea of the liberator—weird sex aid, is it? <laughs> Right. Yeah, more that, about your private life than we need Rage, to know. Keep, it, keep <laughs> it moving forward. Um, it, and the idea of the Liberator was Blake Seven themselves um, started out as convicted criminals. They were condemned prisoners on a prison ship. And the prison ship came across a battle in space between ships they did not recognise. The only survivor of the battle was that. And Blake... An alien space. Along with a couple of other of the convicts, because they were condemned convicts, were sent over to check it out. Mm-hmm. And they discovered, hang on a minute, this is a really powerful ship. Don't really like being prisoners. <laughs> so they took it over and clearly defeated the prison ship that had been carrying them. Uh, and then they assembled a crew over a couple of episodes. So in, in that guys then? What, what have they done? I don't think we're ever told. Well, no, in, in, are we ever told? A shoplifting, a little bit of shoplifting. <laughs> it's fine. In, they the, were in the universe, of, of like seven, it, it was kind of, Earth was run by a kind of a fascist. Yeah, oh, okay. the, Feder- the, 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 the federation. The Earth was ruled by, by the federation, who were definitely not like Starfleet. Not at all. Dressed in um, black, so you knew they were bad. And and the ruler was a woman called Silverland, yeah. dressed in black and had very short hair. Yeah. Well, clearly, that always makes clearly therefore again seventies. It was really and wasn't it? And so they assembled a crew over a period of time, and then they had adventures. Uh, and then, in a move I've never understood, at the end of the penultimate season, they destroyed the Liberator. Um, they blew it up. They blew up their own ship. And in the last, so for the last season of Blake Seven, they come and did another ship called the Scorpio, which was very different um, and not nearly as cool. No. Um, but the, the the Liberator was operated by a a, a supercomputer. Called Zen. Zen. And it was like it, it it was a wall of flashing lights, wall, but it was like like a half dome on a wall, and it kind of spoke in a deep voice. <laughs> and there was a little, a little, little sort of super brain, little mobile computer that was the size of a small fish tank. Yes, and full of flashing lights. That was called Orac. Um, you activated it by putting a small perspex block on it. And went, error, yeah. error. Oh god, I went like that. Um, and oh, because sad. because it was a super advanced alien ship, we never found out where it came from. We no, never found no. out what the battle it's was just about. Mysterious. It just appeared, and but it was packed with alien tech. So they had transporter bracelets. So they had Star um, Trek teleportation because it's a cheap way of getting from a planet. And, to and although yeah. to be fair, it was a much worse special effect. Than it was a terrible show. special effect. Yeah, but yes, they had they discovered there was this little booth with. These cool bracelets. And I, I mean, I, I made it as a kid. You made it yeah, out of cardboard. And, yeah. and basically, you, you clipped it on. That was your teleport bracelet. You, you pressed the button. I suppose it was a bit like an Apple Watch, wasn't it? Like a precursor. You yeah. pressed the button and you spoke into it and you, 
you got teleported. You and, got... Then, and then they had some weapons as well, which again were different from... This was an era of Star Wars blasters, and it was this belt you wore, and it looked like a pair, like a hand, like, cur- like curling tongs. With like a curly largely because telephone, that's, largely because that's what it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was that you pointed in and fired, but it looked like curling top. Like that, yeah. was, that was the weapon, and it was just really, really again. macho hairdressers. Really weird and different. And... It was. It was great, and I watched it. I watched it as a kid and lapped it up. Um, didn't the in the penultimate episode? Didn't Serverland or the Federation get on board the ship, and they thought that they were gonna they were gonna capture this legendary kind of pirate ship, and of course. It was set to self-destruct. Yeah. But also, either in that episode or the one before, the ship had got a virus that was kind of like melting from the inside. So they knew they had to get off it and get somewhere. Yeah. But it was, as you say, it was a ballsy move. It was, it was to blow up and signature ship. Was, but I mean, Blake Seven was. I mean, they did it before they did it with the Enterprise in Star Trek Three. There was a there was a great line. My my mum all the way through my childhood, my mum used to listen to Terry Wogan in the morning. Right. Uh, and Terry Wogan used to comment on. Blake Seven, and Terry Wogan's favourite line was Blake Seven. There's no one in it called Blake, and there aren't seven of them. Yeah, because yeah. Blake Blake disappeared halfway through season one. Yeah, it wasn't the original, yeah. and was not seen again until the last episode of the it last season, where he died. Um, <laughs> spoilers! Oh. Spoilers for a forty-year-old show. <laughs> um, People still get mad, yo. Yeah. Yeah. They do. But I, I watched this kid and latched it up, and on my twenty-first birthday. I went to the video shop in Ripon and rented the whole video. the whole of Blake Seven I think on VHS. It's out on DVD. It must be out on DVD. And at 21, I couldn't watch it because the special effects were so bad. <laughs> They're and terrible. Now I'm more tolerant of that kind of thing. I right. want to go back and watch it again because the writing was amazing. See, uh, it's like that um, the Ark in Space, Doctor Who, where they're wearing sleeping yeah. bags wrapped yeah. in bubble wrap, spray yeah. green. Yeah. Yes. And, and it, that's what they're <laughs> wearing. It's properly like, it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair, nobody had seen bubble wrap at the time. No. <laughs> it was a um, new thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I love that. I just love that. It makes me laugh it a lot. Charming. I really enjoy it's it. Real uh, it's like, and the other thing uh, from that sort of era that I also adore is on uh, Thunderbirds, where you can clearly see the dials are made from toothpaste yes. tube caps. Yes. <laughs> it's gorgeous. It's like, yes. That's a Scorpio. Oh, that was the ship they got next. It's like the Falcon, you know. It's, it it's, is, very much. It's the Falcon and the Star Destroyer. Yeah. And a baby. <laughs> yeah, very, very much. Scorpio. Um, and did that get blown up at the end of the? They scene? crashed it. They crashed. They it. crashed oh, it at the end of the at the end of the. That's that's when the, the Federation get on board, and there's a massive stand where they find Blake and there's a massive stand up at the end with Villa stand uh, not Villa Avon standing over yeah. Blake's body, and we don't see what happens. It just fades to black, and all you can hear is Villa laughing and then loads of gunfire. Yeah, mm. very cool. Not Villa Avon. Cool. Avon was the evil Avon. One. Avon. Villa was the coward. Yeah. It was, it was cracking stuff. Yeah. Um, and just to tie it into um, Star Trek, yeah. you know at the end of Generations, when they crash the saucer section of the Enterprise, uh. Enterprise D, and it's the shittiest special effect you've ever seen in movies ever. Yeah. The crashing of the Scorpio looked exactly like that. Yeah. <laughs> and it was made how many years ago? In fact, many, pe- many people, when they saw um, Generations, a lot of the online comment was, that looked exactly yeah, like the yeah, crash yeah. of the Scorpio from 1980. Yeah. Yeah, the only good thing about the D is that you can separate this, the go to battle mode, yep. the battle bridge. That's, That's the it. only good thing about it. Really. And all the families the remain in the other bit. Yeah, aren't they? all the families yeah, stay the in families. the cell section and then yeah. like, battle. Yeah, bridge. so what we're going to do, we're going to put all the civilians together <laughs> in a really vulnerable, massive, yeah. unwieldy thing shoot with, them, almost, don't shoot with almost shoot no armament. <laughs> and then all the soldiers are going to go off in this really well protected <laughs> <thing. laughs> 
So long. So Never made a huge amount of sense to me, I've got to be honest. <laughs> good choice, Reg, and thank you for you usurped me, but I'm glad you did because it's a good it's a good choice. Should we whistle the last two? Yeah. yeah. Is it yeah. me? It's you. You're number four. The Liberator from but no. Um <laughs> I um is it number is it really number four? One, two, three. Well, I can't have that now. Uh, so uh, I'm going to. Well, actually, go I'm going to go feast. back. I'm going to go back to the Enterprise. No one's had it yet. The original Enterprise. No, I know you, right. you talked about it very, very briefly. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you're going for when, NC, NC, what, NC 1701. NCC 1701. The start of original Federation Star Trek starships. Now, when I was a kid, before I'd seen Star Trek, I got given a diecast model. It was about this big at the time. <gasps> this is back when kids toy like kids toys were made out of metal. Like proper solid. On, like, no one was alive back then. <laughs> Everything was black and white back old. then. Hello, it was the Blitz. You know, I wanted <laughs> I wanted that model and I wasn't allowed it. And my cousin had it. Cool. I hated it. And, him and it had a bit. It had these doors only could take a little shuttle. And it shot these like. I mean, you couldn't do it. It shot. So it shot little, little yellow discs. I feel like I had the uh, Thunderbird two equivalent of this with the dropout middle yes. section and all yeah. that. So yeah, all made of metal. Yeah, great. I've got that. But when I had it, I hadn't seen Star Trek. So I assumed that the correct way round for the ship <laughs> was first. upside down. Yeah. So the dish, well, that was the only the way to stand up. Yeah, addition that, and I didn't realise because when it's in space, it doesn't matter because it doesn't have to land. Yeah. And, and then, and then when you start to and pull apart the design of the spaceship, it's beautiful. It's mm. brilliant. It's elegant. It's so, and of course, it's the precursor to all every every Federation ship that's mm. ever yeah. been in Star Trek. But the design of it is just amazing. And then later on, when you sort of, uh, when they sort of, a lot of fans kind of started to break down what was in each section and stuff, and you realise why it's got this clunky great big dish at the front, and it projects this beam that clears out, it keeps, it keeps you know, clears out kind of meteorites and space debris in front of the ship, so it, they don't puncture the, the ship and go through the shields. And, and you're like, oh yeah, that makes complete sense. So it seemed to me like an elegant and a practical spaceship. And the fact that you didn't get in a shuttle and go down to the planet, you beam down, that was obviously a cost-saving thing in the original series. Yeah. But a great bit of tech that you'd never seen before. The bridge, the, the, the layout of the bridge, yeah, where cool. everything was, it was powered by yeah, dilithium crystals. The chairs in the bridge. The chairs oh, like, oh my God, yes. How chairs. much have I wanted a Star Trek captain? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Have one in the new shop Gorgeous. behind the counter. Yeah. You can just turn around and just... Hell yeah. <laughs> so anyway, no one's had it. I thought you would have. So no. Enterprise 1701. Although I have got a bit of a soft spot for... Oh, what was the... It was an episode where... Um, uh, of next gen, where was it the end? Was it the one seven hundred one C came? It had been in a battle, and it came back from the. It came from the past into the next generation timeline, but they had to. They have to send it back at the end of the episode. I don't remember that episode. Everyone, everyone's I looking at you. I'm watching it currently. It's on. It's on Netflix, Netflix guys. A, it comes through, and they're basically they've been in a war with the Klingons for decades, and they're sort of saying, "Don't send us back." There because we'll, we're going to die and they have to because uh, because of this the the NCC one seven zero one C coming into the future it's changing the timeline yeah. things are changing so they have to regretfully they have to send it back it's a classic it's a classic episode so good yeah so anyway any any Star Trek with weird timey wimey is always entertaining oh because they have the, the the time directive don't they yes. yeah. <laughs> Yes. So they just ignore that oh, like, a lot yeah, of like the time. Like, like they pay any attention to any Janeway yeah. really, really does. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're saying that at the end of Discovery, you see that NCC 1701 
what was it? What one of the one of the things that I did like about the J.J. Abrams reboot of Star Trek mm-hmm. was I liked the fact that the I like to imagine that someone from the past in the sixties took a look at what the uniforms were like and the ship was like in the J.J. Abrams film and went back to the sixties mm-hmm. and tried to approximate it using sixties technology <laughs> and fabrics and stuff and that's why it looks like that and then when you see the J.J. Abrams film it's pretty similar black trousers boots and a, mm-hmm. and a single color top but actually it's got more texture and it's modern tech and mm. stuff like that. So when they do season two of Discovery, I wonder what the crew of the Enterprise yeah. are going to look like yeah, because yeah. if it's if it's Discovery is set in the universe of the original TV series, somebody, the original timeline... Somebody that I follow on Twitter will they be all did a whole thread on this. Really? They're, they're, they're a Starfleet uniform obsessive and the level of detail they went into was insane. <gasps> but they drew an absolutely perfect line from Enterprise... Captain Archer's ship yeah. and the uniforms they wore there, yeah. right the way through Discovery, the Constitution class ships like the Enterprise, yeah. um, up to Next Generation, yeah. and then late Next Generation, uh, sorry, up through the movies, and then late Next Generation, uh, early Next Generation, like into Deep Space Nine, into Voyager. And they, they, they made every single uniform change make perfect sense. sense yeah. Does that include the oh, wow. uselessness of putting people like Seven Nine in heels? Um, if they not, didn't. It's a they <laughs> didn't mention that. Explain they did. That. They did manage to explain. <laughs> the rid- they did manage to re- explain the ridiculous jump sheets suits in Star Trek: The Motion Picture, though. Oh really? Oh, yeah. Which was, was, which was basically skin tight. This is not. A, should never wear this is not a uniform. This is not a uniform design ever. that lasted more than two or three years. I, I have this, oh, I'm, oh. It's interesting you say that because I have that problem with a lot of shows. Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and oh. I know Sarah Michelle Gellar is very small, but if you're slaying vampires and kicking ass, a take out the ridiculous hoop ear. B, tie your hair back. <laughs> C, take off your goddamn heels. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, 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 Trainers you know, would be more appropriate. Yeah, yeah. 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 it's that beautiful anecdote about Sarah Michelle Gellar, like from when she was, sorry, this is so segueing. Um, <laughs> you, you know, it, That's never happened on this podcast. <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, that is this in, in her, uh, she was filming, I know what you did last summer, mm. right? And they had her running barefoot. Uh, and they realised that because of Buffy, she ran too fast barefoot. So they made her put heels on to slow her down so he could catch up with her because she was so used to like running in yeah, so barefoot. She was just like, do quick. So but it's a, that's, a, that's a lovely line. Women, women in heels in so in much. In space, though. In space. Is, 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 <laughs> it's always annoyed me. I, there are several versions of Batgirl's outfit where she's yes. wearing heels. There are several yeah, versions yeah. of Catwoman's outfit. She's a fucking cat burglar. Yeah. There are several versions of Catwoman's outfit. <laughs> Unless you can use them to cut through glass, there is no point to those heels. It's just going to be loud. Um, every female, every female Marvel character in the in the in the nineties wears heels. Uh, the only the only Marvel character, as far as I'm concerned, that should ever wear heels is Dazzler, um, which is allowed. Well, she should wear roller boots, really. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, when she's not wearing spangly silver, when she's not wearing roller boots, yeah. she should she should wear heels or platforms. Should we move it along. Yes. We shall move. We shall move along. Yes. Let's let's okay. stay on target. Okay. Um, <laughs> So I've got two more. Oh, well, my, my my fourth one's a bit obscure, and it comes from a, a PC game in the '90s called Creatures, um, where and specifically this is from Creatures Three, and I loved it. It was a very calming game where you had these little creatures called Norns, and they were just really adorable little fluffy things, and they hatched from eggs, and you had to look after them, and and you could sort of give them little commands like eat food, and you taught them how to. And it was a very calming game. Creatures Three takes part on um, on a ship called the She Ark, oh. um, and the She are, are the race. And uh, yeah, and is that? Was it top? I left? don't know. I just put top it into left? Google. Oh, I don't know. No, that's that one. Yeah. It's that one. Um, I was going to say no. I recognise that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the She have left their homeland of Albia in search for a new world. 
and they're on this incredible massive ship and it's split into different terrarium so you've got desert jungle and marine it's getting smaller every time you click that for the benefit of visualize trying to pull up a picture of this wretched spacecraft on the computer screen and every time I click on something to make it bigger it gets smaller which is the story of many aspects of and yeah so you can kind of see what I'm talking so, so yeah so it's split into different terrariums you've got uh, desert jungle and marine uh, there's also the bridge and engineering levels. Uh, there's also what they call the non-terranium, where you get your little norns to start with, and it's a really lovely, serene place with pools, and you can go fishing, and you can grow veg and stuff. And it's it's one of those slightly addictive games. And you can also, um, if you go onto the bridge, there's a splicer, and you can put in different creatures, and it'll, it'll be like splice their DNA together and kill them, but make you something new, which may or may not work. <laughs> And there's actually some rather dark bits, but I'm I'm a bit of a country bumpkin, um, so I have this problem with like big cities and things that I, I need greenery. So what, one of my ships was actually going to be the Icarus Two from Sunshine because of the garden in it. You know, you've got a beautiful garden. But I'm going for this one because I just love the idea of being in space, but with a jungle and a marine bit and mm-hmm. and sort of you know to, to take what i love about nature into space because space is cold and dark and a bit bare and no one can hear you scream and no one can hear you <laughs> scream when you can't find your desert and uh, so yeah so it's a bit a bit obscure i don't really know how well known the game is i bloody loved it it was um, just one of those games that i used to find enjoyable if i was a bit stressed with school because it was just very calming <laughs> i didn't have to blow stuff up i just had to look after a little animal and when we were kids, it to another one and they have babies. <laughs> when we were kids, we had Pac-Man, yeah. Space Invaders. Yeah, Space Invaders, Space Invaders. Again, guys, you're really not that old. Well, <laughs> we've heard of Pac-Man and Space Invaders, <laughs> and in fact, played them on emulator. Yeah, yeah but that's the point. <laughs> no. You played them on an emulator. We had those at our wedding as well. You did? Yeah, we got. Yeah, we had. Rare. We had to go to arcades in town. <laughs> And put coins in put slots. Put a shilling. <laughs> <laughs> a machine. No, to be fair, I I have played a, a, a proper arcade machine. It was mostly in the Odeon. In the nineties, they had proper arcade machines. In the nineties. The early ones. <laughs> uh, so you go. So that's my number four. The she arc. Good. That. You say quickly. She arc. Okay, I have two to pick from left, I think. You've got the same as Helen. No, uh, no, I haven't. Uh, I have... Uh, oh, sh- I don't want to go back to that, but then I'm going to... Uh, my options are, do I go back to Battlestar Galactica? Do I go back to Star Trek? Which do I do? I'll go back to Star Trek, just for uh, now. Battlestar Galactica. Well, I've got to do another one. Um, no, that's true. Okay, so um, I've, my choice is the Klingon Bird of Prey. Oh, nice. Classic. I love it. It's just such a beautiful design. And yeah. the fact that like it's got that weird wing shape that comes round... Yeah. I'm making a movement with my arm, which is useless. <laughs> um, and also the stylized feather pattern that's painted on the outside, and it's green. That's like, not the best bit, though. These are all the... These, that's yeah. not the best bit. The, the best bit's the larder. <laughs> if you look... <laughs> that's not the best <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, the... the it, <laughs> it, the cloak is quite cool. The cloak, the cloak can, is cloak. amazing. That's, yeah. that's the whole that's the whole plot line it's of Star cloaking. Trek Discovery is yeah. the cloak. It's in the, the cloak. We can't they beat are the cloak. awesome. 
they can't be the cloak and the cloak is very very cool and it's whatever but it, it, it has a larder if you actually look at the star trek breakdown you know how like there is a breakdown of every ship in the world there is now and of course researching this i found them and my favorite bit was i was just like looking at the list of things and i'm like all right okay engine room blah uh barracks blah blah and weapon storage whatever larder oh, and i was like and that's where they keep the worms <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll never forget that beautiful image of Riker eating live worms oh, when he went to, to, to be a, a, an exchange student on a Klingon ship and he ate worms and they were to his horror live when previously he'd eaten them dead um, oh can I just say something about Star Trek that. food did anyone see in the last in the season finale of Discovery when they beam down to Kronos and they're going through that little market thing and they're looking at different food to eat. Being fried, it's, it's, it's an obvious shot, being fried in a, in, a, in a frying pan are two of those, the creatures from Star Trek II that they get uh. the seti eels from. Those things that, you know, they, they put in Chekhov's oh, yeah. oh, but, oh. but not the eels, the, the creature with like the two the prongs pinnacles. that they get out of the sand and they're cooking them. Oh, I fr- It's their tasty delicacy. Yeah, oh, I do love these little moments. They're probably in the larder. Probably in the larder. They are in the larder on the bird of prey. But yeah, no, and I just I love it as a shape. Shape wise, it's beautiful, and I just I appreciate the. That's the a great ship. And, of course, and Star Trek ship. the movies milked the bird of prey yeah. for a few for a few movies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like a main main. Thing. And it, well, they, well, they end up the, the Enterprise crew end up taking it back to Earth in Star Trek Four. Yeah. yeah. You know? When they look for the nuclear vessels. Is there just one bird of prey? No, no, no. No, No, it's a type, it's a a class of ship. And how how big are they? I know what they look like. I just smaller than the Enterprise. Smaller than the Enterprise. Smaller than the Enterprise. Yeah. But they're still yeah, pretty yeah. big. You know, but, uh, they're not fighters. They're yeah. 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 they're battleships. It's a battleship, yeah. but it's smaller than the Enterprise. And if, uh, if in next gen, for example, like the the bridge is tiny. It's yeah. tiny. Like yeah. it's like the size of this room. That sounds awful. <laughs> um, well, you think about the Enterprise bridge is vast, isn't yeah. it? The Enterprise yeah. bridge yeah. Is, yeah. is like yeah. the size of this floor. Um, but like the size of this room is it's it's much smaller, much more compact, and much more sort of like streamlined. And if you look at it, this, again, this wonderful Will Riker episode where he's eating like worms um like they have a like a, a mess hall type thing and it's just oh. grungy and dirty and very very klingon but it's again quite small yeah. compared to like um uh, what do they call the bar because they have a bar don't they uh 10 forward 10 forward it's like small compared to that everything's quite compact and it's, yeah, yeah. it's very stripped back and everything seems very like functional and very klingon in that way no, like, klingons are like function war lots of red light bulbs lots of red light bulbs yeah it does look very yeah it's cool but i just i do love the feather pad on the outside that sort of re-stylized. Yeah. It's just beautiful. Yeah. They're a beautiful It's beautiful a ship. great design. It's a yeah, great cool. Cool. <laughs> you just said the red light was, made me think of Red Dwarf. Yeah, me too. One of my favourite lines. Which <laughs> Quick, is, go to where it looks. Are you sure, sure sir? That just, just mean changing, changing the ball. <laughs> 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 oh, dear. Okay, uh, right. Oh, my, my number four. Oh. I'm going obscure again. Uh, I am going for the USS Valley Forge, uh, which oh, yeah. you'll like. You'll like this. Yeah. Will I? Um, it, it, it is one of three ships to feature in the late 70s, I'm going to say, maybe early 80s, mm-hmm. cult classic movie, Silent Running. Oh, I've heard of that. Uh, the premise is basically the Earth is buggered and all the plant life that is available to be saved is put in massive pods, massive greenhouse. Looks a bit like the Eden Project. Oh, cool. And there are three of these pods uh, loaded onto three spaceships with nine, and that's it. That's it for Earth's vegetation. There's nothing else left. Um, And that's established in the the opening of the the movie. And then they realise that the plants are dying, and they don't understand why. And the head botanist figures out it's because they're too far away from the sun. And he starts taking action to sort everything out. Everybody else on the ship thinks he's a weirdo, because he eats... Played by Bruce Stern. Yeah. The incomparable... He, uh, He eats vegetables. 
you're going to dig that up out the dirt. Well, you need a proper protein bar like everybody else kind of thing. Mm. And then they get a recall order. They're told to jetson the forests, uh, destroy them, and uh, return to Earth because your budget's been pulled. Yeah. Uh, which is it's so accurate. So what would happen? Yeah, really. really, really um, thanks a lot, Brexit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and one, the head botanist on the Valley Forge, the other two ships do it, and we see the forest explode and stuff. In the mm-hmm. And the head, the head scientist on the on the Valley Forge goes slightly whoppy, uh, and murders the other two. Members. It's only got like a three man crew. Murders the other two members of the crew and decides using their bodies. Pretty much, <laughs> he buries them in the garden. So yeah. it's the same thing. Um, and he has three robots uh, called originally called Drone One, Drone Two, and Drone Three. And he renames them Huey, Dewey, and Lou. <laughs> and he sets out to try and save what's left. And lots of things go wrong. And um, one of the drones gets destroyed accidentally. Very sad. Very sad. Very sad. Um, he's got personality. He's not sensible enough to come in out of the meteor storm, is the problem. Yeah. Um, and then something else goes wrong. And in the end, he jettisons one of the pods with him in it and nukes himself and it but leaves the other two on board the Valley Forge for the robots to look after in orbit around Saturn I think um, and it's just a, it's just a crap but it's such a beautiful ship because it's you, you, you were saying it's space like the ball cube the Enterprise they don't have to be aerodynamic yeah. um, and the Valley Forge uh, like its sister ships are basically just scaffolding with stuff bolted to it nice yeah. There's like a bunch of just crappy engines bolted on the back. There's yeah. a lot of 70s spaceship and, designs like that. A lot of yeah. 2001, well, Eagle Transporter. The Eagle Transporter, which very nearly made my list. Same here. We're, also, we're sort of such, a, such an age, really. <laughs> so, so that's it. That's the Valley Forge. And if you if you have a chance to see Silent Running, I heartily recommend it. It's very slow. <laughs> because it's a, it's a, it's a worthy science fiction movie. Yeah. Made in the 70s. But it's awesome. Yeah, um, Steve's telling me about that. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. I, I don't own it. I had a copy on VHS. A very good, they put out a very good Blu-ray of it a couple of years ago. Oh, did they? Yeah, excellent. they've cleaned it up and it looks I had, I had a, exciting. I had a copy on, on, of it on VHS that very I taped good. off the telly about 20 yeah, years ago. <laughs> uh, I think probably 25. Uh, so, Matt, uh, final round. Very, very quickly then, my last one, which, because again, I was just avoiding all the obvious stuff. I went for, in the late 70s, early 80s, the, in 2008, there was a story called The VCs, which yeah. stood for the vacuum cleaners, they were this bunch of because um, you've got to suck it up, boys. Space troopers, and they travelled around on on this ship, which looks like this. Again, it was just such a weird design. It was like it was like uh-huh. a dish at the back with a couple of fins, and then a long tapered bit with a cock. It, 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 as a kid, again, it just it didn't look like anything that I'd seen yeah. before. It looked a bit like a bit like I suppose kind of Concorde in a way with addition yeah. a little bit the back. Yeah. It was mm. it was quite a unique design, and um, I don't think it has a name. I can't I remember it, it ever being given. But I do name. remember it had it had an AI pilot called that. Brother, and then and it looked like the hologram. It looked like a jester, like a kind of a, an old school kind yeah. of. Yeah, that's from the the recent VC series because they brought it. Yes, I, I couldn't find. But the original, the old one. Uh, anyway, so brother looked like um like a jester kind of character, and then they went through some kind of cosmic storm, and his circuits got fried, and then he came back as like this sixties hippie kind of character, and they're like, he, and basically all the characters end, end up either dead or losing their minds. But they're but they're fighting. Was it? Yeah. They're fighting these baddies called the Geeks. It was kind of <laughs> it was the Vietnam War in space. Are we basically. the baddies? In 2018. 
Okay, I'm going to get that made. I'm going to get that made as a clip and just drop it. Anyway, it was, but it was a great, it was a great ship, and it just reminds me of that series and other, other time but and it was, I mean it was so dark it was, it, was, it was a very very dark series 2000 AD well yeah. 2000 it was read by kids and got into a lot of trouble especially in the 70s for being yeah. very violent and very dark um, well I mean it, it, 2000 AD spun out of action comics but action, action the British action not the sequel mm-hmm. and action got in trouble because it set everything now yeah well in 1976 at least mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, and, it's the future it's the year action got banned uh, because parents complained mm-hmm. so the people responsible for action notably Pat Mills uh, who is still a giant of British comics got together right are we going to get out of this and they went oh, hello why don't we do exactly the same thing but set it in the future and then nobody will complain and nobody did really so uh, yeah. in, you get away with a lot more in, some bullets uh, it was lasers oh, of course oh. yeah in, in, in action there had been uh, a tough cop mod Essentially, a dirty Harry ripoff. If yeah. we're honest, yeah. uh, was he Trencher or Dredger? I was Dredger. Yeah, Dredger. Dredger. He's basically just Dread. Yeah, I was going to say Judge Dredd. Really? Yeah. In fact, Judge <laughs> Dredd is worse. If you read the first ever appearance of Judge Dredd right, in the background, it's not even happening. Dredd's not even doing it. Dredd's talking to somebody at the front of a panel. In the back of a panel, there's a public execution going on. <laughs> as like four people have been sentenced to death, and there's, a, there's just a judge there shooting them all in the back of the head. And it's like Judge Dredd was really dark when he started. Yeah, it was very dark. Oh, you guys and did it, that fine. But the VCs, the VCs was very dark. I mean, <laughs> the slogan of the VCs is "If you hit, you're dead." Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not no man left behind. It's no solid. If you hit, you're dead. You're stupid enough to get hit, you're dead. We're not coming back for you. The designs of the series were amazing. They're they're, they're spaces. If you can click on that one in the top right corner for that. Oh, for those people who are here for the podcast, about <laughs> the very top, top <laughs> is right. Is it get smaller? <laughs> that was top left, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's more. They had very cool space armor, and they had very cool weapons, and they painted their names on the front of their armor. And it was again like Vietnam, where where the soldiers used yes, to yeah, like yeah. Uh, customize their uh, yeah, badges yeah. and write stuff on there. So yeah. it had a very kind of cool, very Darth Vadery. It is quite quite yeah. Vader-y. Those big wings yes. coming out the side <laughs> and stuff. Rip those geeks! I'm feeling a yeah. bit. Yeah, it was a very, <laughs> it was a really dark war in space series. But the ship, as I say, it's more about the ship design was really unique. Again, it was like the Enterprise. It was like, I hadn't seen anything like that. Yeah. As a kid, yeah. so I used to draw yeah. it a lot and make models of it. So there you go. That's yeah, my final Charles one. Great. Hey. As, a, da, 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 da. as a kid loving the Borg cube, so easy to draw. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so if you couldn't easy. draw it, there's something. Right? right? Yeah. So easy. Helen, Helen, last one. I was, I was really enjoying that little dance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was podcast gold. I've got to say. Yeah, it was <laughs> absolutely. As long as we're not filming this, that's, yeah. that's fine. <laughs> Reggie's hidden cameras yeah. my final one um, I'm going for a kids TV cartoon series which I saw when I was probably a bit too young to see it I remember I used to go to a childminder after school some days and um, she had a range of different ages there and I was probably about five or six and um, they used to play Bucky O'Hare oh Bucky God, O'Hare. I love it so I'm going for the ship partly because of the name the righteous indignation yes! <laughs> the greatest name of any ship oh, so good the other thing, I know it's not really much to the ship. The ship itself was kind of cool, and and it was a bit, a little bit Starbug esque. I thought, um, even though it's blob shaped, yeah, yeah it's a bit blob shaped and green, and they're all against the toads. 
Um, for me, it was uh, the first mate, Jenny, the feline. She um, was great. She was just awesome, and I loved her. And there was a, there was a game of Bucky O'Hare, and I'd always play as her she if was I could. The one figure I did not have. Really, you really. I had the forearm duck guy, yeah. the <laughs> and I had Bucky, obviously, yeah. and I had the gorilla mask kid who was actually a human, yes. pretended yes, to be a gorilla. Was, yes, um, yeah. I had it, it's, it's got a great opening sequence as so well. It goes good. on a bit long. But yeah, yeah I, I just I really liked the idea of the the first mate being a a woman, b a cat, a woman, a, yeah, b a woman, <laughs> c, c a woman, d woman, cat. Also, the original Marvel Bucky O'Hare comic, yeah, I believe was drawn by Michael Golden, who drew. Oh, well, I there think you he go. might be watching right. there. I think he it might was, be. Was well, it a Marvel comic, comic first, and then a then a, a cartoon? That I don't know. I think it was. I think it was. A, it was a comic book, yeah. and then a cartoon and a, and a toy yeah. line as well. Yeah, I just, I just I loved, loved it. it. Uh, yeah, and, 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 and great, I loved it. It was a great show. The righteous indignation. And you could get into it through a wardrobe in the kids' bedroom. That's how he got there with his gorilla outfit. He walked in through his own wardrobe. As you do. As that, is pre- that is pretty awesome, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, th- there's not really a lot of reasons why I've got that one in, other than it was a, it's a nostalgia thing for me. That's good. The theme um, tune was great. The theme unique tune was again, great. Unique design. And uh, and yeah, I like piloted cats. by a green rabbit. I like cats. Of course. What's not to like? Yeah. There's nothing to not like. Yeah. It was it was little things like there was you know when when first mate Jenny Cat Lady would save Bucky. You know, yeah. kind of like yeah, she's awesome and and she had all these powers, but she didn't really always talk about them. You know, mm. she had um, she had all these gems, didn't she? And, and yeah, she kept a lot of the secrets. And, and she really. She was to. very mysterious, and she, it was yeah. kind of cool. That was a whole feline thing, though. It was all this whole. Yeah, like, she was great. I didn't yeah. Like it. So, yeah, there you go. That's my last didn't one. didn't have her. Good. Okay. Good. They didn't have her in Argos. That's why I didn't have her. <laughs> <laughs> I had all the others. I just didn't have her. Argos. <laughs> Damn it, Argos. Oh, okay, so hat. Cheers, <laughs> mate. Okay. BSD. BSD. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I am. I'm going back. Right. So, it's the Blackbird. Is... What? Okay. So, the Blackbird uh-huh. is the, uh, the cloaked version of the Viper. That was designed by the chief. It's more primitive than a viper, yes. yeah. So yes. he, he basically builds it out chief. of crap. He builds it out of bits and pieces that they have, and yeah. it's cloaked, and it's much harder to detect. And they call it Laura after Laura Rosen. <laughs> um, okay, and it looks like a viper, but like way leaner if you look it up. Yeah. It's like it's got loads of stuff stripped back off it, so it's just much much cleaner, and so it can you know not be detected by folks mm-hmm. like Scott. I don't think they have it at that point in the series, to be quite honest. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's very very cool. It's yeah. a really nice stripped back version of the viper. I mean, I mean, the vipers are cool, but Ooh. that's cooler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so much cooler. It's so cool. Yeah, so I really love it, and it's it's the fact that it doesn't have to have great big wings because it's, it's in space. space. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very very cool, and I just I love it. I mean, I love the, the nose, the snubby nose of the vipers is very cool. So it's still got that, but then it doesn't have the whoop out the side. So it's just got what? this nice little. I'm loving the sound I'm all about it. Yeah, we're all about the sound <laughs> But yeah, I love it, and it's again cloaking. You know cloaking is a, a repetitive theme throughout of yeah, mine actually to yeah. be honest I like the fact that you can be an invisible I can't remember was it cloaked or was it, st- was it like a stealth, stealth. Yeah. It's, it says cloaked on my list which I think I got off the off the wiki so the trust yeah. the wiki that's all I have to say about that cool. yeah cool. And you can even see this it says Laura they've painted Laura on the front like a beautiful like yeah, a yeah. script like uh, like on a, a a war play, like, like, like on like on B- World War Two plane. B twenty nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. The guy that plays Laura Rosalind is also in Independence Day as the First Lady. Yes, she is. Yes, she's such a great actress. She is a great actress. <laughs> oh my god, you've got to watch BSG. 
I will bring it in. I'll bring it in. I'll bring it in next Talking week. Talking about so it, you're really big on your soundtracks. It's absolutely like, stunning. Stunning. Yeah. Laura, so the, uh, sorry, um, Rosalind and Adama theme song I use in my yoga classes. It's quite yeah, a lot because so it's just beautiful and calming. Yeah. Reg, you're going to finish it up? Go for it. Doing I am. Doing and you know what? Reg. I'm going obscure. I was going to have a Babylon 5 star fury <laughs> because it's scientifically brilliant and the physics work. And if you were going to build a space fighter, that's what you'd build. And it's a masterpiece of design and it's brilliant. But I'm not. I've changed my mind. I am going. I'm going 2000 AD. I'm going old school 2000 AD. Uh, I am going for the Clara Pandy. Ah, good choice. I love he's looking at Matt because yeah. we go bloody well. Ah, no one else. You will because I have to lend you Halo Jones. Okay. Um, oh yeah. Oh, you not read Halo? Ha! The Clara Pandy. The story that was written for you. It's, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Can you get? Can you get all of Halo Jones? You can. They've re-released it all. Yep. Basically, so before Alan, before the Clara Pandy. Clara Pandy. Before Halo, before Halo Jones, before Alan Moore was Alan Moore, he wrote his best work ever. He's not beaten. He's not in anything that's better than Halo Jones ever. Uh, he hasn't done pull faces at me. Don't you be talking to me about Watchmen? That's another podcast, that. isn't it? <laughs> um, You're not Watchmen. Basically, Halo. The Ballad of Halo Jones was supposed to be four books, and he only wrote three because he hates us. Halo Jones starts out um, as a essentially juvenile delinquent living on well, he's essentially a council estate called the Hoop, where all the dregs of society are dumped. It's literally floating because they don't want them in the city. At which so, point, the listeners are wondering. Why this is the book written for me? I thought it was just the Just bear with. And you told me about it before. It's she funny. spends the whole of book one trying to get out. Yeah. Uh, and her and her mate Rodice eventually blag their way um, to get a job interview as stewardesses. And it was the early eighties, so they were still called stewardesses. Mm-hmm on uh, a galactic cruise line called the Clara Pandy. And they get there and they discover there's only a job for one of them and they make a deal. Halo gets the job because she speaks cetacean because she was a member of the Rickett Ricty fan club who was a famous dolphin. Um, because <laughs> Dolphins are very big in Halo. Because, sorry, I thought you were joking. And so she speaks, she speaks cetacean and that's important because they need somebody on the crew who speaks cetacean because the pilot of the Clara Pandy is a dolphin. Of because only dolphins can yeah. navigate hyperspace. Yeah. And as you know from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, dolphins are some of the most yep. intelligent oh, creatures in the, in the universe. I knew it for the Heart of Gold as well, actually. Yeah, so, long. Um, so she gets the job, and on the Clara Pandy, they make a deal that the Clara Pandy's going to stop. Like She's scheduled to stop in a year's time at some station somewhere, and she makes a deal. Rhodesia's going to get a job on the next thing she can get a job on, and they're going to meet up at this place. And so Halo Jones goes off on the Clara Pandy, and she has all sorts of adventures. She meets uh, Lutroth Chop, who is the richest man in the galaxy, and 12. Although she doesn't... Spoilers! She doesn't realise that. And she dances with him because she, nobody else will. And she thinks it's because he's a kid and they're all ignoring him. And actually it's because everyone's too scared to go over and talk to him. So she takes pity on him and goes over and invites him to dance. And then she dances with Lutroth Chop. And that's like an amazing experience that comes back to her later in life. And she meets a, a rat king, who is literally like a dozen rats tied together with a tail. Oh, yes. Uh, and he's a super intelligent thing, which again is important important in book three and she meets glyph who is i guess glyph would be controversial now glyph is a character who really couldn't decide what they wanted to be they started out they think as a boy and thought they probably ought to be a girl so they had a full model body remold and became a girl and then they thought no maybe i should have stayed a boy (laughs) and so they had another full body remold and went back to being a boy and they did that a lot 
And over time, they forgot what they were supposed to be, what they wanted to be, what they felt like they were, and they became less and less noticeable until nobody noticed Glyph at all. So oh, that they, you would have you would have conversations with Glyph and wander off halfway through the sentence, forgetting you were having a conversation. Oh, uh, and Glyph is such a tragic character who has such a heroic arc, and it, probably Alan Moore's finest character, and probably most sensitive bit of writing I've ever read. It's beautiful, and there's a robot dog called Toby, who also turns out to be extremely important. So what about the ship? And the ship <laughs> is <laughs> the setting for all of this. by a dolphin. That's all you it's, need to know. It's. <laughs> This is so much better the than the Clara, Space Hamster. The Clara Pandy, actually, now I think about it, the Clara Pandy looks a bit like Serenity. Is this the equivalent of having a fish tank on a spaceship? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, That's what you've got to try and top, break. <laughs> fish tank on a spaceship. That's the gold standard right. for spaceships, isn't it? A fillable fish tank. <laughs> and the Clara Pandy in the backdrop. For, for all of this, <clears throat> you know, she's a luxury space liner. But like all luxury craft, the bits where the public go, they're mm. all... But the crew quarters are crappy. And, you know, and there's engine rooms. And Halo spends a lot of time um, talking to the pilot because she can. And so she spends a lot of time in the pilot's room, which is basically fish tank? a fish tank. Um, yes. And that's, that's the <laughs> fish tank. Candy. And you see a little bit swan-like, a little bit like a, an elongated, okay. graceful serenity. Oh, cool, yeah. Uh, it's beautiful, beautiful ship design, beautiful um, art by Ian Gibson who is such an underrated artist. Yes, very much. In the, in the late 80s, when Halo Jones finished, lots of people were drawing sexy women wearing not many clothes and, and exaggerated mm. um, anatomy. And Ian Gibson was drawing Halo Jones in, you know, you literally covered neck to toe, wearing, you couldn't even see her hands, she was wearing gloves, for God's sake. Mm. And my God, Halo Jones is the sexiest comics character I've <laughs> ever seen. Because Ian Gibson's art is so amazing. And I loved the Clara Pandy. And mm. It only really features in book two, which is like the middle thing, because they, they get to it at the end of book one, and then she gets off at the end of book two and joins the army for reasons. And it's, but it's, it's just a sublime ship, and I'd love to see her back, because at the end of book three, it says, Halo Jones has the last line, which is, she's sitting in a spaceship that she's stolen, and she's asked by traffic control where she's going, and she just says, out. And it said... In the bottom right-hand corner of that panel, Halo Jones will return soon in the Ballad of Halo Jones, book four, and that was 1986, yeah. damn it. <laughs> Why was that ever finished? Did they ever give a reason? Um, because... Alan Moore f- fell out with 2000 Alan Moore AD. fell out with uh, 2000 like AD. He falls out with everybody. And has never, yeah. Yeah. For the same Common reason... For the same reason he's never written for DC again. Yeah. And, yeah, it's Alan Moore. His mm. sock puppet told him not to. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> good choice. Right? All right, is that five so, each then? So that is five is each, it? and it's interesting. I've I've been asked to to give Steve's just because just because he's not here really quickly. Go 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 go. go. Does Steve have any, have any weed in her? Yes, actually, all of them. Oh. Wow, um, oh, bloody Steve, obscure again. <laughs> I, I was also going to go for Poe's X-wing purely because that's on my have, list actually. Well, purely because it would have hopefully come with Poe, and I could have done <laughs> stuff. <for him>. But, <laughs> I've got a Resistance new trilogy X-wing. I love the original X-Wing, but there's something more streamlined about the new version, yeah. especially if you're going to have Poise paint scheme. Yeah. Although, replace the orange with silver if you really want to make me happy. Okay. Uh, so, Steve had... I can see that. Red Dwarf, because it's 30, 30 years old today. Oh, I was surprised nobody picked Red Dwarf, but yes. We said Red Dwarf, 30 years old today, give or take 3 million years. Ha-ha. <laughs> clearly inspired by the Nostromo from Alien, but yeah. with a clearly better design for how to gather hydrogen. Yes. 
Big scoop of the from space. He uses fuel using a scoop and it actually holds an asteroid to be mined for ore. Also true. Discovery one from 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah. One Hal, the awesome computer. Doesn't he try and kill them all? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that can read that, lips Dave. and unfortunately commit murder. <laughs> uh, the amazing way Stanley Kubrick filmed the set using a giant hamster wheel. Yep. Yeah, very cool. Yep. Oh, oh, no, hang on. Space hamsters. Space hamsters. <laughs> oh, my God. You've gone full circle. Thanks for the space hamster wheel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Number three, uh, actually no, sorry, Serenity from Firefly. He's just written, obviously, obviously. Yeah. Uh, four, Lex from Lex, an organic yes. spaceship weapon the size of Manhattan that can destroy a planet, yeah. and it was stolen by four misfits to protect the universe from an evil overlord called his shadow. Fireball XL5, yeah. just for the amazing theme tune. He told me he was picking that. Yeah, because he said, "Can Reg add the theme to his podcast episode?" Consider it so, done. Done, so I don't have to read it out. Good. Special mentions for the Millennium Falcon, the Enterprise D from TNG. No! Holodecks, it says. And the I carrier guess. from the authority, Reg can explain. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but actually, because it's, it's... Yeah, right, yeah. basically, <laughs> the authority the authority is a fantastic um, Warren know, Ellis invented like super superhero yeah, team. It's, it's where Apollo and the Midnight originated, um, along with Jenny Sparks, who's one of my very favourite characters ever. Uh, she was a century person. She was the spirit of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. Um, the carrier itself is alien tech. They don't know where it came from. They found it. Uh, much like the Liberator, actually. Mm-hmm. Call back. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the, the, the carrier is based in the bleed, which is the gap mm-hmm. between realities. And it gives them door technology, which basically means if you want to go somewhere, it's, it's better than a transporter. If you want to go somewhere, you say, door, and a portal appears. And you walk through it and you walk out of it wherever it is you wanted to go. And it's great. Uh, And the authority was looked after by the engineer, who was a human woman who had replaced her blood with intelligent nanites. And so she could morph herself into machine shapes and and could talk to any machine, which is why she could talk to the carrier. Uh, and the carrier liked her, which is why it let them stay. It was sentient. The the carrier was sentient. And if the the carrier didn't want them there, it wouldn't wouldn't have them. Bit like the TARDIS. Yeah. Um, and if there are things the carrier didn't want to do, it wouldn't do. And the carrier was powered by a caged baby universe. Yes, it was. Oh. That was its fuel. I don't know why, just like, like two oh. seconds, I was thinking you could say space hamsters. <laughs> 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 he was about to use a cage, and I was like, really? No. In fact, you know, I was, I was thinking the same thing, but I knew it wasn't true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, no, the the carrier is a cool piece, of ta- and it looked great. It, it looked, looked like a giant fish, yeah, it was massive, it looked like a giant angel yeah. fish. Yeah, yeah. I, d- I did read it. I just because Steve raved about it, and I tried. But can I just say, I'm very, very surprised. I think because we all thought we were going to go for the obvious stuff, mm. everybody avoided it. But there were ton- there was no no Death Star, there were no Star Destroyers, there was no Slave One, yeah, so Tie no Tie Fighters. Yeah, you know, Ian's not here. No, actually, all of those ships would have been here yeah, if Ian's been yeah, here. Yeah. Yes. I think it's things like the Nostromo as well. Mm. I'm surprised yeah. nobody took the Nostromo. Dropship. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's. I, I think what we've ended up. I would have had a... t- shirts for those too. Yeah. Just to be <laughs> I believe. I think it's a much <laughs> more interesting one. list because yeah. we've gone a bit more left field and tried to find. Well, no, and that's the thing. Yeah, that, that was a great idea to actually say if someone else picks it, you can't have it anymore. Yeah, and it was absolutely yeah. it was, yeah. it was absolutely yeah. my idea. I in no way ripped that off from anywhere else. <laughs> it was quite tough. Though. If you'd have said sci-fi fantasy vehicles. Uh, oh, and wow, open, yeah. like opened it out a bit more. I think it would have been a bit easier because it was space. I think ships. if we do it again, we should do ground vehicles. That would be yeah. very, very cool. I'm up for that. 
Okay. Way ahead of you. But you all know, <laughs> you all know I'm going to pick Bessie, so there's... That's fine. Yeah, you can have that. Yeah. yeah. If you do go about it, no one's allowed to pick Bessie. It's as simple as that. I know. Well, at least one of the things I'm going to choose. <laughs> uh, can I just end by saying that uh, a, a couple of weeks ago, I, I was uh, uh, bedridden because I had flu. Oh, fine. <laughs> it's a good thing no, to mention. All, in a confined, all had it. Yeah, as we see here in a confined space. But, of course, great time to catch up on a lot of... Genre TV and stuff. I finally got around to watching Marvel's Gifted and, and oh, yeah. Runaways as well. Both very good. Okay, very, I've had mixed reviews. I want it. Runaways is good. Sorry, I'm so very, desperate very to see it. Also, <laughs> I just want it so badly a to come show, on to Netflix. Only a couple Alan, of episodes in that I have to recommend, uh, which is called just started in the states called Counterpart, starring J.K. Simmons, who of course was J. Jonah James. I've had this yeah. recommended to yeah. me. Counterpart, and uh, uh, he's a middle-aged man. I think it's kind of set in like dark, like a kind of gloomy grey Berlin in a, you know, now, and uh, he's got a boring office job, nine to five, hates it, not really sure what he's, what, it, what the company does that he works for, um, and then he gets pulled into a room by his supervisor one day, and another man is brought in with a hood over his head, and he's told to sit down opposite, and he says, now don't scream when I take this guy's hood off, takes the hood off, and it's J.K. Simmons, there's oh, cool. two of them. And it turns out the basic premise is that back in the 60s, during the Cold War, um, scientists opened up a door to an, an alternate version of the Earth. And since then, the two governments have been kind of swapping intelligence and people have been crossing over. But it's all very kind of uh, regimented and, and policed. And uh, But it's got a really kind of bridge of spies, 60s cool. Cold War kind of feel. Like but you get the feeling that there's more to the parallel worlds thing than it initially meets the eye. Very good counterpart. The other thing was, I really enjoyed the, the current yeah. and final series of The X-Files, uh -huh. which I think started this week. I haven't started watching that yet. Very, very good. Much better than the event series from last year. And because I was ill, I thought, I know, wait a minute, Amazon Prime, I'll go back and start watching The X-Files from oh, season one, yeah. episode one. Yeah. So I'm currently on season two. Now, this is, this is back in the days when a season was... 24 episodes, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's nine seasons plus two movies. Mm. It's going to take me until June, July. I want to get another flu. <laughs> yeah. I, I would mind. I could... That Australian flu is going around. I, I don't <laughs> know if it was that, but... X-Files! Hey, the 90s! Very, very, very quickly then, if we're recommending things. It's on Netflix. We're three episodes in now, I think. Black Lightning. I keep meaning to watch this. It is so good! I'm three episodes in and I'm just... It's not. It's, it's the like, grumpy dad's superhero yeah, I've always wanted. They throw you straight in. They don't bore you with an origin oh, story. Like they just kind of go, yeah, he was Black Lightning, quit nine years ago, he's back now, fine. Yeah. And he, I, I love him as the principal of the school. I love the, the the challenges that he has to face when people say, yeah, you're all talking big in the school, but drug dealers still on the streets, ain't nobody doing nothing about that. And people get killed because he doesn't do something and he feels guilty and it's... Mm. Great power, great responsibility, all of those tropes. Um, I've heard nothing but good things. Uh, there's a brilliant... It's, it's really, it's really funny. Uh, there's some great bits. The bit where, because they're, they're, they're a very middle class, very together black family. Uh, you know, he's a high school principal and his wife, his estranged wife, who left him because you couldn't deal with him being black lightning, uh, is a neurosurgeon. You know, it was like really high power stuff. And they sit down to family dinner and he's got two daughters and one daughter's gay and they don't make a single thing about it. No, it's like you find out one she, of the good things you find out she's gay because somebody says, Where's where is she? And he goes, Oh, she's at a girlfriend's. Yeah. And that's that's it. Done. That's done. The younger daughter, she comes down to family dinner and discovers that her old her older sister's got out of it because she's at a girlfriend's house. And she's like, damn it, I what did her support? Why do you need her support? Because I have to tell you something, Mum and Dad. And she's like 
I think I'm ready to have sex. Um, and her mum, her mum's like trying to be really cool. She's like, I'm so glad you came to us about this. We're thrilled you came to us about this, aren't we, dear? And her dad's like, yes, we're really, we're really happy. And then he corners, he corners her boyfriend. And because they're trying to be cool and they're trying to not, you know, and, he's, and he, he, asks, he asks her boyfriend, who's like a track star, how do you shower? And he's like, oh, I don't get in. He's like, Okay, and then you get out of the shower, and then what do you do? And he's like, well, I stand on my towel because I don't have a mat. Said, right, you stand on a towel, and then you dry your feet, yeah, and then you dry upwards. And he goes, yeah. so, so you're telling me that the boy who wants to have sex with my daughter puts his fungus-written feet on his towel before he dries other bits? <laughs> and now he's talking about putting fungus where fungus should never be! <laughs> and it's just... It's so awkward, and it's so... And this poor kid's standing there going, ah! <laughs> um, It's so beautifully done. Um, I, it, it's not at all like... And it's made by AMC, who made the Arrowverse stuff. You couldn't possibly cross it over with Green Arrow or The Flash. Yeah. The, the, the tone is completely different. I, I think you, you'll see that happen. It's very dark. Well, it's very dark. I mean, literally dark. Everything happens at night. There is no crime in the day. Ever. <laughs> because Black Lightning's got a costume that lights up and it looks really cool at night. It is. I, Black Lightning is so good. You do look doubtful, but you're wrong. I'll, I'll stick with it. I'll keep watching it's, it's, it. I've just... It's been on my list. How long have just been so busy. Uh, just 50 minutes or so. 50, yeah. yeah. I um, think I, I've been... Because I don't have a lot of time sometimes. I like to watch the really yeah. short things. So I, I love The Good Place. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. The Good Place is great. It's like oh, community because so it's like 20 minutes. Brilliant, yeah. great. I've got yeah. one for you if you haven't Ooh. watched it. Shit's Creek. Shit's Creek. Shit's yes. Creek on Netflix. Okay. Three series on Netflix currently. Fourth series is halfway through on um, CBC in Canada, so we yeah. should get it when it's finished in Canada. Yeah. It is, honestly, I, I went into it going, um, and I, I, I love it so it's much. Hilarious. I started watching it. I showed it to my friend the other day. I started watching it again with to show her it. Yeah. And going back, to, going back to the beginning, I was just like, Oh my god, I love these guys yeah. so much. Oh, it's so that. good to see. It's just good. Yeah. It's very, very Shit's Creek, of course, spelled S C H I T T. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the, the the whole premise is that this incredibly rich family, um, uh, not called Shits, uh, they move to Shits Creek, which is a town they own. It's the only thing that the revenue leave them after they strip them of all their assets because they've um, been done for tax fraud, um, but it's they blame it on the accountant, etc. And this whole, this family who uh, have wanted for nothing, lived in this ridiculous giant effing mansion moved to a rundown piece of crap motel in a place called Shits Creek and it's how they survive and interact and these are people <laughs> that like literally don't know how to do a damn thing for themselves because yeah. they are so rich it is absolutely I like the sound painfully that. hilarious it's yeah. so so good right so good that's good. I love it. That mean, the, la the last thing if we're yeah. talking about recommending things I watched um when I was ill, actually, pretty much in, in a day, I watched The End of the Fucking World oh yes oh, I've heard really good things about yeah. it yeah, I can't yeah. believe in in that. such a short series, the, the character arc is impressive, but how much you really like these incredibly dislikable characters. Yeah. It's the same with Shit's Creek. Yeah. These people are awful. It's, it's just good them. writing. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, the, the girl in, in The End of the Fucking World is just, just damaged. Actually, um, and the guy is as, as well. And, and Yeah, and it's the fact that he, you know, he's just like, I'm a psychopath. And then you meet her and actually, <laughs> even though he's a psychopath, you end up liking him because she's so difficult, yeah. and, and but then but, yeah, but then everyone else is so awful. But he said well, actually they're not. They sat on the street, and his plan is basically to kill her because yeah. he fancies killing something bigger than the things he has been killing. Yeah, and is completely and then it just goes all horribly wrong. It does. It's it's quite grim, 
It's very, very grim. Very well written. Very, yeah, very it's, well it's written. brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I, was, I was recommended it by a girl at Marcus's nursery, which was weird. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have to mention Netflix exclusive film, A Futile and Stupid Gesture, oh, which yeah. came out a couple of weeks ago. It's the story of Doug Kenny, who's the, uh, a, a comedy writer most people won't have heard of, but he's the guy that created National Lampoon. He wrote uh, Animal House, oh, yeah. Caddyshack. I've seen the advert for that. And he basically sort of dies in mysterious circumstances in, re in, in real life. Um, it's got loads of that. It's got Josh Hale from the community oh, playing Chevy Chase. Uh, yeah, John McHale. John McHale playing yeah. Chevy oh, Chase. Playing Chevy Chase. It's yeah. actually got a hell of a cast. It's got, it's got I, a really good cast. It's a Netflix yeah. exclusive movie. I, yeah, I've heard I'm good things about that. Sure. I watched the trailer and thought, I'm not sure, because I don't really know much about... There was a, a documentary about National Lampoon, mm. and I fell asleep during yeah. it. <laughs> but I think if I'd watched that, I'd probably... Well, I don't, I don't think you need to know who anyone is to... I mean, you'll recognise yeah. some of the famous faces in it, mm -hmm. who are played by actors, in fact it's mentioned by the narrator stops the, stops the movie and comes in and says, yeah I know, none of the actors we've hired look anything like Bill yeah, Murray yeah. or Chevy Chase, yes, like, yes, we, didn't, yeah. you know, we didn't have the budget <laughs> <laughs> but it's very, it's very, very good very yeah. right. Yeah. right, I think shall we sign off there folks? yeah, let's do it I wish I was a spaceman, the fastest guy alive. I'd fly you round the universe in Fireball XL5. Way out in space together, conquerors of the sky. My heart would be a fireball, a fireball. Every time I gazed 